Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Hello again, Salt Church, and again, welcome if you're tuning in new with us, and happy Father's Day to our fathers out there. I just want to encourage you, keep going in that important role of fathering children. Uh, where are we in Acts? We've, we've seen an incredible journey, yeah? uh, an unstoppable journey. Uh, the gospel's gone out with power by God's spirit. It's the explosion of the early church uh, through the apostles, but there's been threats along the way, hasn't there? Uh, Satan has attempted to uh, threaten the gospel going out. And the threat we're looking at today is distraction. I wonder, are you a person who's easily distracted? Maybe you're wrestling with distraction at the moment as you try to tune into church, the word of God from home. Uh, Distraction can be pretty annoying uh, when you're trying to get something done. But, you know, it can also be deadly. I don't know whether you remember this, but uh, January 13th, 2012, it was a quiet evening on the Mediterranean Sea. The luxury Italian cruise ship Costa Concordia was carrying 4,200 passengers on board. They were quietly cruising the beautiful waters of the Mediterranean Sea. You can't imagine a, a more beautiful evening uh, uh, for people to enjoy. Everyone was enjoying dinner at the time. The cruise was going exceptionally well. The passengers were happy. Uh, The weather was perfect, the entertainment was good. In fact, even the captain was enjoying the evening. Uh, He he and his officers were uh, up on the bridge. Uh, They'd invited a special guest to the bridge that evening. Uh, He deviated the course of the ship to sail close to an island uh, to perform a sail pass salute to an old colleague. And when the ship got too close to the island, he was so engrossed in the dinner conversation, in the dinner party, he didn't notice how close it got. Uh, by the time he took the helm, the ship had hit a rock shelf. A massive 50-metre uh, hole had been punched uh, in the hull of the ship. And here are the dramatic pictures. Uh, you might remember these. That night, over 4,000 people were stranded in the Mediterranean Sea scrambling for their safety, while, to make things even worse, the captain had abandoned the ship early and they pleaded with him to return. But worse, 33 people lost their lives that evening. Now, distractions are powerful and they're also deadly. As you think about Acts, what could possibly distract the apostles from gospel mission? What could distract us from gospel mission? That's what we're thinking about uh, as we look at Acts chapter 6 today. So open up Acts chapter 6, have it in front of you. Uh, The early church has exploded in number. Uh, There's a huge explosion of numbers. Uh, The life of the early church, I think, is becoming more complex, uh, as things do when you grow as a church. Uh, We're not talking about a small church of 120 believers in Acts chapter 1. We're now talking about a church that's the size of over 5,000 people. Uh, it's still a family, but it's a big family. It's a very big family. And big families 
need to get organised. Have you noticed this? Uh, we've got friends uh, who've got six kids in their family and let's just say they don't do too many things spontaneously. <laughs> um, they are very well organised and they've had to become increasingly organised as the number of kids has um, grown in their, in their family. Uh, otherwise, someone's going to get left behind, someone's not going to get fed, someone's not going to be happy. They need to be organised. I think God's family, God's church is the same. And here in Acts chapter 6, the church has a problem. Now, they're they're doing a great thing. Uh, They're doing something that God loves. They're caring for people. Uh, That's at God's heart, particularly for widows. But here's the problem. Notice that there in Acts chapter 6, in those, uh, those first couple of verses, there's two groups of widows in the church. Um, both groups are Jewish Christians, but one group are locals, the Hebraic Jews uh, and their widows, and the others were from all over the Mediterranean uh, area. They are the Hellenistic Jews. Uh, I guess you could say they are the Jewish refugees. And there's a feeling that they are being overlooked, uh, particularly in the distribution of food, that they are being discriminated against. Now, I'm sure the, there are lots of issues that face the early church. This is just one of them that, that Luke points out to us, and it's a bit like families, isn't it, that go through issues. But can you work out, why does Luke bring this one to our attention? Uh, why is this one particularly noteworthy? And why is this one so serious? Well, I reckon it's serious for a number of reasons. Firstly, uh, it's serious because if, if the church doesn't care for the vulnerable... If, if God's people don't care for the very people that God has a heart for, the widows, uh, the Old Testament spoke about this, the fatherless, the orphan, how can the church show the love of God to the world? Uh, it's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Uh, by your love for one another, the way you treat one another, people will know me. They'll know Jesus. But it's worse than that. Secondly, Here is an issue in the early church that threatens to divide the church. It threatens the unity that God loves uh, that we've seen in earlier chapters, in chapter 2 and chapter 4. But worse than that still, thirdly, it threatens to divide the family on ethnic lines. Uh, There's something really distasteful about that, isn't it? That we would discriminate based on race when Jesus is the saviour for all the nations, that His gathering is the most uh, diverse, multi-ethnic gathering in the world. Well, the apostles can't let this happen. And if they do, there is so much at stake. The, The spread of the gospel potentially will stop. The growth of God's church will shrink. Uh, The opportunity that new people have to become disciples of Jesus won't be there. Everything could come to a grinding halt over this issue. Here's the sharp end. Look at verse 2. The twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. See, what's Peter saying? He, He knows that he and the other apostles have a priority to proclaim the gospel and to commit themselves to the ministry of prayer. And this social issue, as important as it is, threatens to distract them from the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer. 
It threatens to, dis- to distract them from the ministry of the gospel and the growth of the church. And so what do they do? Look at verse 3. They say, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We'll turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the world of, of the word. Really helpful principle here, and it's the principle that priority doesn't mean neglect. Priority doesn't mean neglect. See, just because the apostles have the priority of preaching and prayer doesn't mean they neglect the pastoral issues in the life of church. It would be really bad if the needs of the widows are neglected. You know, it would be worse if in attending to those needs, the leaders stop proclaiming the gospel and stop calling upon God to save people. So what do the apostles do? They actually take this issue really seriously. This matters to God, this matters to the gospel. And so they appoint capable people to deal with the social issues um, so that they would be freed up to preach and to pray. It's, it is that principle. Priority doesn't mean neglect. And I reckon that principle is really uh, helpful for us as we think about ministry and leadership uh, in the life of our church. Uh, if our church was smaller, to take one example, I reckon I could visit everyone, even on a weekly basis, and I reckon I would love it. I'd love to come into your homes and spend time with you, read the Bible with you, pray with you, get to know you. But you can imagine, as church grows, it wouldn't take very long before that was all I was doing for all of my week. In fact, I wouldn't be able to visit everyone, and the church wouldn't be that big. Uh, And worse than that, there wouldn't be much teaching or prayer or leadership going on, at least from me. As church gets bigger, it is the case that we'll have growing pains. Uh, just like it was there for the early church, as, as church gets bigger, you would have already noticed this. The network of relationships becomes more complicated. The social issues, the needs of church become more complex. Even the administrative side of church be- gets a lot more complicated. And so what do we need to do? We need to keep organising ourselves so we don't lose the priority of proclaiming the word of God and prayer and we can still care for one another. And you know, uh, if you're uh, part of Salt uh, Church, I reckon you really do get this. Uh, My experience of Salt has been that there are so many people involved in the practical needs of Salt Church, which is a wonderful ministry that frees up others to proclaim the gospel, to preach the word and commit themselves to prayer. Now, on one level, we're all committed to the ministry of the word. We're all committed to the ministry of prayer. Uh, The word of God is to dwell richly amongst us. It's to be our lifeblood. And so is our calling upon God uh, in prayer. But on another level, God has set aside leaders uh, to teach and to preach, to proclaim the word of God and to commit themselves to the word, not only the word of God, but also to prayer for the good of the church. And this is not just a pattern here uh, in Acts chapter 6. It's the pattern across the New Testament, and it's the pattern for us. See, the rest of the New Testament doesn't talk about apostles in the flesh. Uh, 
we have the apostles as the foundation of church, the writings of the apostles. But you'll remember, we've talked about this in previous weeks, the apostles in the flesh have a unique ministry. Uh, Acts chapter 1, they are the ones who witnessed Jesus, his life, death and resurrection from the beginning. Um, so it is a one-off ministry. But in the rest of the New Testament, and particularly 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about the church appointing men whose responsibility is to lead church, to preach, to teach the word of God, to devote themselves to prayer and to be a godly example. Now the New Testament calls them bishops or elders. We don't, we don't use those terms, but, but that's what our pastors are. Um, committing themselves to the word of God and to prayer as they lead church. In fact, to pick up on Father's Day today, I reckon you could say they are the spiritual fathers of church. Uh, The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy, he talks about church being a household, being a family. Uh, So in the same way, he calls men to step up in the life of their families, uh, to leadership, He also says, church, choose suitably gifted and qualified men to step up and lead church as they proclaim the word of God and commit themselves to prayer. But you know the other thing you see in the rest of the New Testament? You see a church full of men and women working together with the elders, the bishops, the pastors to see the gospel go out to the ends of the earth. You see hundreds of men and women not responsible for the leadership of church, but supporting and using their gifts uh, to see the gospel reach new people. All kinds of roles, some directly involved in the ministry of the word and prayer, others in ministries that are essential to support and make sure that the the priority remains the word of God and prayer. What What does that mean for us at SALT? I reckon it means there'll be many of us who are engaged in caring for the needs of others. Uh, Even our care team, if you've been at SALT for a while, you know that we we want to take care uh, seriously. But even our care team, who leads leads us in that area, is not there to do all the caring. They're actually there to help us care for one another. But it's, it's, it's bigger than that, isn't it? There's a whole lot of ministries across SALT that support the proclaiming of the word. Uh, we've got our admin committee, we've got our tech team, uh, we've got our muso, we've got our, our musos, we've got our host teams who are having a holiday at the moment. <laughs> but, you know, there's people who clean here at 275, there's the maintenance team, the vibe team. In fact, most of us play some role, some part in the building of God's church in the seeing, so that we might see more disciples of Jesus across the Illawarra and so that the word of God and prayer remains the priority and at the same time we're not neglecting important pastoral care. Now can I say if you, if you are engaged in ministry here at Salt, I want to encourage you to keep going. It is a weird time because we're in lockdown and you might not feel very engaged uh, but I want to encourage you to stay engaged and keep thinking into how you can do that even better uh, when we return. But I want you to know that you are contributing to the growth of God's church. There could be nothing more important than, than that. And, and a little shout out, if you're not serving at Salt and you'd like to, we would love to help you uh, find a place. Where has God gifted you? Start that conversation. 
that you might be part of it. It's as simple as just letting us know. You'd like to serve at SALT. Um, you can use the QR code, connect with us, and we'd love to start that conversation and how you might be part of growing God's church here. Caring for one another deeply, never losing sight of the priority of the gospel. You know, one of the awesome things that's happening here in Acts, and I'm sure you've noticed it as we've done the journey, that despite the threats, despite the potential distraction, what is God doing? He keeps spreading his unstoppable gospel. Do you remember two weeks ago? It was corruption in the church in chapter 5. And what did we see? Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, last week, we saw the enemies of the church threatening the gospel. And yet in chapter 5, verse 42, they, that the apostles never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And here we are after uh, chapter 6. They've refused to be distracted They want to care properly for the needs of one another. And what happens? Look at verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. So there it is. Unstoppable gospel by God's powerful spirit growing his church through his apostles, but not without threats, not without the temptation of being distracted. What about us? What about you? What are the distractions what are the temptations that face you? You know, we keep hearing about this unstoppable gospel in Acts. Uh, and that's the very thing that we want to be part of here at Salt, isn't it? Uh, God's movement uh, by his spirit, by his powerful word, his gospel, to see people come to know him, his church to grow. But we could get distracted. If we're not careful, we could get distracted even by really good things. Good things that take us away from the best thing. I wonder as you think about it, what would distract you from a clear gospel focus, a clear gospel priority? And what do you think would distract us as a church? What's the issue that would divide us at SALT? What's the issue that would make us look like hypocrites? It could potentially be anything, couldn't it? Be on the lookout for that. Uh, Be on your guard. Satan loves to threaten, loves to oppose, loves to divide, would love to stop the gospel being the priority, would love us to stop calling upon God in prayer, would love to see less disciples, less churches, smaller churches. But by God's Spirit, Let us not let that happen. And let's pray that God, by his powerful spirit, using us as his humble servants, might make more disciples across the Illawarra. Let's pray to that end. Our great Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your power and your might here in in Acts, that your gospel truly is unstoppable. And yet, Father, we thank you Uh, for your servant Luke, who records for us the journey of the early church, uh, a journey that has threats and distractions, uh, a church that uh, is not perfect. Uh, Father, we pray that we might be a church that pleases you in every way, that we might care deeply 
uh, for those amongst us who need to be cared for, that we might display uh, your heart and your mind to the world as we care for one another. And Father, we pray that you'd help us keep the priority of the gospel, uh, that Salt might be a church that continues to proclaim your word, continues to call upon you in prayer. We pray that you might use us uh, to grow your kingdom, to grow your church, and to grow more churches and more people to become disciples of Jesus. And we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen.